As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is Seth Green, and you are listening to Somewhere in Vegas with Mark, and I am so hot, I would desperately like a glass of water. Please, please, give me some water. This is Cindy Preston, and I'm with Mark on Somewhere in Vegas. Hi, this is Melissa Peterman from CMT's The Singing Bee and the television show Reba, and I have to tell you, I just have to get it off my chest, I love Somewhere in Vegas with Mark. Hi there. This is Faith Roscoe from General Hospital. You're listening to Mark on somewhere in Vegas. And you better watch out. We know how to find you if you're not listening. Hi, this is Shannon Egan from Whippet. And I love Somewhere in Vegas with Mark. Hey, this is Lee Allen Baker with Somewhere in Vegas. Talking with Mark with a Q. This is Courtney Cronin. You're listening to Somewhere in Vegas with your host, Mark. And I would make sure to listen every week because he's a sure bet. Hey, this is the Money Man. Eddie Money, i got two tickets to Paradise. And it's, you know what? It's somewhere in Vegas. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Hi, this is Crystal Kale. And I love Somewhere in Vegas with Mark. Hi, this is Terry Nunn from Berlin. And you're listening to Mark Somewhere in Vegas. Hi, this is Miracle Lori from Joss Whedon's Dollhouse. There are three flowers in a vase, and I'm listening to Somewhere in Vegas with Mark. Hi, this is Erin Hill, and you are listening to Mark on Blog Talk Radio and Somewhere in Vegas. Mark is a great guy. Hi, this is Sean Pulaski. I'm still trying to figure out Mark Pico's sexuality, but I know you're listening to Somewhere Live in Vegas. Here you go, Mark. I, I'm sorry. I thought you were he, she. I'm sorry. I, I, get out of the tent. Let's get out of here. Hey, this is Lance and Anna from Free Radio, and Anna. And you're listening to Somewhere in Vegas. Yes. My favorite, favorite. My favorite. You know, that's, that's usually what happens with me. I go to Vegas and I get lost, and so I end up somewhere in Vegas. Somewhere in Vegas. But right. I just don't know where it is. Not quite sure. Yeah, word. Get ready. It's going to be hot. It's in Vegas. Check out Mark. Be there or be square. Hello, everybody. It's somewhere in Vegas here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Mark with the Q, my host. Hopefully, in just a few minutes, 
Paul Agata is going to be calling us. Uh, Paul is going to be performing over at the L.A. Comedy Club uh, coming up this week. Um, if you haven't already caught him already, um, he is uh, a DJ out of Hawaii um, originally, um, and he has won the prestigious uh, San Francisco International Comedy Festival uh, in 2007. So he's a really, really good comic. And speaking of Paul, we'll get him on right now. Are you there, Paul? Hello. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha, yes. Yeah, um, how's it been so far in Vegas? Well, I'm, I'm driving there right now, so um, I can't tell you how, it, how it's been, but I can tell you how it's going to be, and it's going to be fantastic. It's a great club at, at the L.A. Comedy Club. Yeah, um, you know, there's a large Polynesian audience out there, and out here in Vegas, I should say. Um, so, you know, is it kind of like being a, kind of doing a comedy club at home? Yeah, it's like a homecoming. They call Las Vegas the Ninth Island. It's sort of where everybody in Hawaii goes when they're not in Hawaii. Yeah, especially especially during the time when the UNLV faces U of Hawaii in football. I mean, that, that's that's crazy. It's nuts um, out here. Oh yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, tell us about how you got started in comedy. Well, it was sort of the thing I was always good at in school. Uh, besides learning, I, I, I wasn't really good at that. But the, the clowning around and having fun, I was really good at that. And turns out I, I wasted a lot of time at the, at the university trying to learn stuff when I should have been out there making people laugh. Um, now, you actually went into DJing for a while out there in Hawaii, right? Yeah, I was a radio DJ, morning radio DJ. So it's not so much... In fact, I never touched an actual record or, or CD. Everything was in a computer. You just push the button, and then in between the songs, you'd crack jokes and, and have a good time. And uh, uh, so that's not, that's my extent of being a DJ. Um, yeah, I mean, what was it? What was what got you um, interested in actually uh, getting up on stage and performing? Well, when I was a kid, I really wanted to be a magician. I had. All of the all of the tricks and all of the magic sets. I went out. I met David Copperfield when I was a kid, and he gave me his autograph, and it was amazing. And I wanted to be a kid, but then I realized magic was all about lies. You're fooling people. Nothing you're doing is the truth. And in comedy, it's the exact opposite, and that's what drew me to it. Yeah, um, and um, you know, um, you know, just just uh, you know, earlier starting off, uh, starting off, and how was it? It like starting off in Hawaii and, and doing comedy clubs there? Oh, it's brutal. There weren't any comedy clubs. There, there were zero clubs. Then there was one club, and then it closed down, and then there were zero clubs. So we had to do shows uh, where we could, at coffee shops, at karaoke bars. I did a show once uh, in a warehouse for the organized crime underworld of Hawaii. Uh, so you, you find what you, can, what you can find, and you make do with it. Um, and what made you decide to go make it out here into the mainland and uh, be able to perform? Well, if you if you want to do comedy to a larger audience, the worst place to do it is on a small rock in the middle of the ocean. Uh, and that's when I decided. I was flying back and forth to L.A. more and more often. And when the, the scales got tipped in favor of Los Angeles, I figured now was the time to move. Now was is it was it kind of um kind of tough to kind of get into the LA scene because obviously there's a lot of competition out there in LA. Yeah, it's a it's a tough market to crack, but luckily uh, I had some friends, some powerful friends on my side. The Laugh Factory opened a club in Waikiki, and the Laugh Factory is one of the the three big clubs in Los Angeles, 
the owner, Jamie Matata, came down, flew out to Hawaii to check me out, and uh, he liked what he saw, and he helped me a lot. Uh, while I was still living in Hawaii, he got me a gig on the Late Late Show, uh, a, a role in a Damon Wayans movie, so he was very instrumental in, ma- in my making the move to Los Angeles, and I owe a lot to that guy. Um, yeah, did you, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of people, um, that, that, that are out of the LF factory down there in LA. I mean, is there anybody in particular that, uh, kind of mentored you into a comedy? You know, it was a, a bunch of them. It's like a family. Each club has their own clique of comedians and they sort of take care of each other. So everybody I worked with had the pleasure to work with at the last factory, both in Hawaii and Los Angeles have been, uh, like, like mentors, like like brothers, really, and sisters. They, uh, it's a good group of people there. Um, and um, and a question I always ask the comedians, have you ever bombed and have you learned from that experience? <laughs> if any comedian tells you they've never bombed, they are liars, and they should go into magic because they're full of lies. But, yeah, you, you bomb. Uh, in the beginning, you bomb a lot. And hopefully, as time goes by, that's, that ratio shrinks down. But, yeah, you, you, you do learn a lot. I think the, the worst show I ever did was uh, I got up on stage and there was an elderly couple sitting front and center right in front of the stage, and the old lady shaking her head at me. Uh, so before I even get on stage, uh, I got this bad vibe from her. And I guess the first thing I told her was, uh, is there so much hate in your life that you're going to judge me before I say anything? And I get on with my act. She's still shaking her head at me. And I, I lay into her again. I said, maybe somebody who looked like me did you wrong a while ago, but I'm not that person. Let me do my show. I get on with it. She's still shaking her head, and I explode, and I, 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 I swear it at her. I said, lady, I'm going to kick you in the face. And her husband stands up and says, she has Parkinson's. And uh, that's, I learned a lot from that day. <laughs> yeah, you know you can't you can't please them all, uh, um, all Paul, at uh, all Paul. Um, you know sometimes sometimes you you gotta get what you get. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know I mean you know coming out to the mainland obviously you started touring you know outside of LA and all that as well. Was that kind of a little bit of a shock to you to a culture shock to you to kind of do, play to different audiences? No, you know in Hawaii. Uh, you get people from all over the world coming to vacation, and you're entertaining them. So that was a, it was actually a good training ground for me to to learn how to entertain people from all over the planet. And and now that's what I do. You know, I just got back from Australia. I was there for a month. Uh, at the end of this month, I'm going to Hong Kong and Singapore, Shanghai. So it's uh, it was a good training ground. And that's interesting too. You don't hear too many necessarily too many comics go over to the Asian countries, really, and maybe to Japan, but you know, um, you know, uh, like Singapore and all that as well. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a probably a new experience, but obviously, it's uh, you know, I think that the, you know a lot of them would probably get your comedy a little bit. Yeah, you know, everybody. Uh, I, I don't speak any other languages than English. I'm still trying to work on English, as a matter of fact. But everyone who comes to the show gets English language comedy, and it's. It's it's a great market to crack. I think uh, you're going to see a lot more uh, American comedians heading out there in, in the very near future. Yeah, because we see a lot of com- American comedians go over to Europe, uh, you know, London, uh, you know, France, and all that as well. So it's kind of interesting that the Asian market's starting to open up to, to comedy a little bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, when it comes to writing jokes, um, is that, um, you know, do you usually carry a pad around or, 
or something just in case you get something, or is it one of those things where you kind of memorize it and then at some point have to sit down and write stuff down? I always come up with these brilliant ideas, and I frequently fail to write them down, and I forget them. So now what I do is anytime something happens, if I'm driving, I'll pull over and I'll I'll type it into my phone. Uh, Always do that. If you're a comedian, you're always going to get these little sparks of inspiration, and you always have to seize on them when you get the chance. I remember I woke up once in the middle of the night and I wrote down an idea on a notepad next to the bed and I went back to sleep. And when I woke up, all it said was, talk about the severed head. I had no idea what that meant, but it, it'll come back to me one day and I've got the, I've got the note. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully you get those, those complete thoughts at some point. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's great, you know, to be able to see it. Um, has you, have you ever had a, a joke that you've written down, uh, maybe, uh, and then thought, well, it's not really good for right now, and then later on, you know, in a couple of years, you, you go back to the joke and realize that it is now really more relevant? Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's, it's uh, the joke depends on, the joke depends on many factors, and sometimes you're not at the right point in your life to tell this bit to the audience. They're not going to believe it. Uh, you have to be a little bit older to, to do a bit like that, and, and that's certainly been the case. And sometimes it might be too soon to a current event. You know, that's like the old thing, too soon, too soon. So you let it sit for a while, uh, and then it'll work better a little later on. Uh, that being said, sometimes you need to do a joke quickly or it'll expire. Yeah, I mean, how how often do you update your your, your jokes, do you think? Do you um, kind of try to rotate um, rotate new jokes in and, um, where do you rotate those new jokes usually? Well, you know, it's, a, it's an ever-evolving act. Uh, I, I'm not one of those guys who will do an hour for a year and then just write a whole new hour the next year and erase the, the previous hour. You know, I'll add a, a bit here and then take a bit out. I'll, I'll add another bit there and take another bit out later. So it's ever-changing. But uh, I think, wait, what's the, what was the second part of the question? Because I thought that was interesting. Um, where where do you put the put the new jokes in? Oh, okay, yeah. Conventional wisdom says you should sandwich the new stuff in the middle of the act, but I find that I'm, I'm a little bit uh, gun shy, so I have to put it right up front and and open with new material. Otherwise, I'm never going to work up the courage to slip it in later, or I'm feeling a little too comfortable getting the laughs from the proven stuff. So it's uh, I'm a little bit odd in that. But I, it works best for me. Um, yeah, kind of a follow-up to that. Um, do you sometimes read an audience and realize that there's a joke in your back pocket that you might you might want to use in those that they wasn't in a part of the set? Oh yeah, that happens all the time. Uh, you know, the more the longer you do comedy, the deeper uh, a pocket of ammunition you have, and something you you know at some point you're always going to have the right thing to say for the right moment. Yeah, exactly, and you got to be adaptable. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, that Clint Eastwood line from that movie Heartbreak Ridge where he's a Marine and he says you have to improvise, adapt, and overcome. That's sort of what we do. Yeah, exactly, and it's just you out there, so you have to figure it out for yourself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's great to be able to be able to see that as well. And like I said, uh, you know, Vegas is – um, you know, very like Hawaii, you mentioned, you know, that, you know, it's a vacation kind of spot. So the audiences here um, tend to be very, very diverse. And um, obviously you've had so many great experiences out here doing comedy. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Las Vegas is, uh, it, 
if I had to move somewhere, it would be Las Vegas, and hands down, it's a beautiful place, full of excitement. Never, the fun never ends there. Yeah. Now you actually uh, released a comedy album, if I'm not mistaken, uh, recently. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, it was fun. it's funny you should mention that. It was uh, I recorded it in Hong Kong, uh, but you know, if you if you pick it up, you can get it on iTunes or at any of my shows. It's uh, it shows you that the audience really gets it, and uh, that's my favorite thing about that album is that um, it shows you comedy is universal. Do you, do you think that you're gonna be recording a new album soon? Oh yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I'm talking to a guy about shooting a, a DVD and then maybe pitching that to a cable station, a cable network. So crossing fingers on that, hoping hoping it comes to fruition. Yeah. Now, um, now, now you you kind of you kind of dipped your dip your feet into uh, the acting pool, as it were. Um, is that something that you're looking to as well to possibly do some more acting? Yeah, you know, I've I've had fun in um in the few acting gigs that I've done and I'd really like to do more of that. I think it'll feed into the comedy and uh, you know, it'll be a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that Hawaii Five O hasn't knocked down in your door yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, if I lived back yeah. in Hawaii I'm I'm pretty sure I'd be able to get on that show. But uh uh, being in the far-flung corners of the earth every other week, uh, it'll be difficult. Yeah, exactly, as well as that. Um, and, and besides uh, Vegas this week, uh, what other shows are, you, are coming up for you? Okay, uh, next week I'll be in Sacramento at Last Unlimited. Uh, the following weekend I'll be in the um, the OC here in California, and then, then I'm off doing that Asia tour. Uh, we'll be doing Singapore, Hong Kong, Macau, which is like the Vegas of Asia. Uh, and also Malaysia. Well, that's going to be interesting for you. Is this the first time you've been been out to some of these countries? No, I've been to them. Uh, I, I'm out there like twice a year doing a tour there. Well, it's kind of awesome to have something something kind of in your back pocket saying, "Oh, you know, um, you know, I got this Asian tour coming up um, every year." So, hey, if I could work closer to home, I would. <laughs> well, that's absolutely great. Um, and uh, I want to mention that you guys can follow uh, Paul on uh, on Twitter at uh, Paul Ogata, um, O-G-A-T-A. Um, and also, I um, I think you have a website, right? Yes, it's paulogata.com. And also on Facebook, slash paul.ogata. And he's going to be um, here all week over at the L.A. Comedy Club, so definitely check that out here in Vegas. Um, anything else you want to add, Paul? No, uh, but do come on by. If you're in the Vegas area, stop on by L.A. Comedy Club at Bally's. Nightly shows at 9.30, except on Thursday when it's at 7.30. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Um, who's, who's performing with you this week, by the way? A very, very funny local Vegas comic named Mark Mingy. Uh, very funny guy, good friend of mine, and I'm glad to be working with him this week. It's going to be an awesome show. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, hopefully, you can make it out here safe while you're driving, and um, and hopefully, we'll get to catch you over at the LA Comedy Club. Fantastic, man. Okay, we'll talk to you later, uh, Paul, and uh, we'll hopefully uh, catch you on sometime down the line. Sounds good. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, no problem, Paul. Thanks. That was Paul Ogata. Everybody, you guys, check him out at Paul Ogata on Twitter and paulogata.com. You guys can check him out where he's going to be at. Um, like I said, next week, 
um, hopefully we're going to have uh, Clay Bennett on. He is an actor. He's going to be on the new season of Rookie Blue coming up um, on uh, ABC. I will have the um, – I'll give you a kind of a thumbs up or thumbs down on that on the website, uh, so, uh, VegasPodcasting.com. That's VegasPodcasting.com. Uh, you guys can check out my interview yesterday uh, with uh, with the Black Diamond, uh, Throne Denson. Um, he's got a really active uh, schedule going on as well, so you guys can check that out over on VegasPodcasting.com as well. So in, until next week, we're gonna next week we'll be talking a little bit about hopefully Clay Bennett from Rookie Blue. Hopefully, cross our fingers on that. Um, with that in mind, uh, that's it for the show. We'll talk to you guys next week, one, Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.